everyone wants an Irish team to do well, regardless of whatever gender they are. And if this was any other business, and if the director had such poor results and had consistently not hit any of the KPIs that he had set out, he would be fired. I don't think he's the right man for the job. He hasn't been for a while. And I don't know why he's still around. And like, I know that's particularly harsh, but I've got nothing to lose now anyway. (laughs) And there's plenty of other players that would say the same. I think women's rugby in this country deserves better and he's not the man for the job. Joe presents House of Rugby, United Rugby Championship, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Welcome back to House of Rugby URC. We're going to pack show for you this week, guys. As always, I'm joined by the lovely Megan Williams and Greg O'Shea is here too. <laughs> Good to see you, Jason. Great I'm not sure about the short sleeve shirt, though. Some guns are popping. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. Don't leave that fashion. <laughs> and we're also joined with the Lenser and Irish International and a former teammate of mine and a player who's recently made history with the women's barbarian squad, Jenny Murphy. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Thanks for having me, guys. Great to have you here, Jenny. Yeah, great to have you on. Congratulations to the Barbarians. But we'll jump in later with 10 questions for you. But I think we should get stuck into the weekend rugby first. Yep. The main game was Leinster v Connacht. Um, incredible game. 47-19 win to Leinster. I yep. thought Connacht would do better, to be honest. They were 7-0 up at half time. But you were actually at the game, Jenny, weren't you? What did you make of it? Yeah, um, wrapped up. It was absolutely Baltic. But um, <laughs> yeah, like really, really entertaining game of rugby. I think um, Connacht know how to get a win in the RDS. Like it's been a while. It's it's difficult for for teams to get a scalp there, but they did it in early January of last year. Yep. Um, and I think Andy Friend, like he's, I highly rate him as a coach. I really like how he utilizes utilizes the weapons he has. Mm-hmm. Um, but that lineup that Leinster put out, even on the bench, was it was always going to be a tough yep. ask at the end of the day. Yep. Yeah, star-studded Leinster team, to be fair. And guys like Mac Henson were, was playing unbelievable. He got up against Jordan Armour, got the first try. Yeah. Jack Carty was playing incredible. He was creating tries for fun. But it's just Leinster were too strong in the second half. The amount of tries they scored, like just That's off the top it. of my head, Ring Roses, yeah. Deegan's, Dan Sheehan, that yeah. lad, honestly. The yeah. battle between him and Ronan Kelleher now for next season, I just can't. What do you think with them, them two, Dan Sheehan and Ronan Kelleher? Oh, like... Two extremely dynamic hookers um, and, and, and having them battle it out is only going to be positive for both Leinster and for Ireland. I think like when you're when you're kind of fighting for that jersey, it only makes that better. Like any competition is good and it acts as a catalyst for all these one percenters and you want to kind of constantly get better. And it can be it can be really kind of positive in camp as well. Um, obviously, there's a little bit of differences. Like at the end of the day, like in open fields, they can do a, an awful lot of damage, and we've seen that, you know, at the weekend yeah. with with that step was phenomenal. But he's just such a an athletic presence, and then Kelleher's he's an absolute wall. Um, so I think I think for them, like it'll be really interesting to see who kind of really grabs that Irish jersey. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, you can get really distracted with all these amazing open play things. But like if you're in the front row set piece is predominantly what you need to be kind of nailing front on yep. so I think it's consistency there and but like it's going to be a nice battle for the coming yeah. years yeah I definitely agree with you Jenny like you're right about the competition that they're having week in week out probably the training sessions they have would be similar to them playing 
a game like every single week almost, mm. you know, in that training sessions, like, because it's such a high competition, whereas mm. the other teams might not have that during their training sessions and the fight for those jerseys, but like, you're dead, right? Playing against internationals yeah, and Lions. That's well, it. I think before we keep waxing Irkel about Leinster, like, like Connacht fans might feel a bit aggrieved if we don't mention the, the Orm McNulty incident with, with Ryan Baird. So we have a clip here we're going to tee up and I'd be interested to see your thoughts on whether or not this should have been a try or if Leinster got away with it. So he does unbelievably well here, skilled catches. The chip ahead, Bard kind of fumbles it a little bit here. Uh, I mean, we have a replay coming up here as well. Um, it's probably it's, you can see it better from the other angle, but apparently, like according to the the TMO and the linesman, Bard kind of grounds it with his knee. But like, he's not. He doesn't physically ground it. If anything, he accidentally grounds it. But there, I suppose there is no clear evidence there as well that Nulty touched it down. But yeah. I think Leinster got the benefit of the doubt, guys. What do you think? I'm kind of sh showing my ignorance here. I should probably know, but I don't think you can actually touch it down with your knee. Can you? Yeah, can I was no, say I, that. I think it needs to be like yeah, yeah. downward pressure, down yeah. control, downward pressure. Like I think we, we kind of sometimes forget that Bard is like he's a lock, and he did remarkably well <laughs> to like yeah. get in front and get there in the first place. But um, I, I, I probably, if I was a Connacht fan, I'd be, I'd be fairly annoyed and frustrated by that because I, I, I do feel like yeah. they probably. They probably did get the try. That's there. early on as well. Like the yeah. game was pretty close at that stage. So Connacht would have got an early lead there. And like I know, look, I mean, I know Leinster ran out with forty plus points in the end, but you score a try that early on the game, it could have been a completely different story. Exactly. Yeah. And or McNulty, you'd be fuming if you were him. Like catch that ball, chip it over, and the arguably I said he, I would say he finished it. Like that'd be yeah. highlight reel for him. He's playing unbelievably well. He gets only a second start for Connacht as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously we're picking try the weekend every week, and I was just like. Every try in this game was really good. The Josh Vanderfleer line had to come in and offload. I don't know how he got that offload away mm. and ring rose to finish it. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Just what did you make of the game, Jason? Yeah, I've been excited. As I said, it's just to see Leinster every week. Like You knew, like I know we said it about the All Blacks a few weeks ago, Like when a team like the All Blacks lose, they come back and they don't lose, but they did lose against France with Leinster. I mean, when's the last time we saw Leinster lose two games in a row? It yeah. just doesn't mm. happen. And like, you look at the players that they brought back in and it was... I feel sorry for Connacht because Connacht are buzzing, they're doing well at the moment. But he said, when you're bringing like five, six internationals back into your squad, five, six Lions. Yeah, you're right. Do you know what I mean? But Connacht, like you said, he ha they had a really good first half and I thought they played incredibly well. And like we mentioned, Mac Hansen, like he's definitely by far one of my favourite players now. Like he was absolutely everywhere. Yeah. And there was a great bit of competition between himself and Jordan Lamar on the wing. Yeah. Um, like J Jordan Lamar's been very quiet, I think. You know, there's yeah. not been much talk about him because everyone's been talking about Mac Hansen and yeah. what he's bringing to the table. But you'd forget about Jordan, but he's been yeah. incredibly well. And Mac Hansen got up on him uh, yeah, for the first right. try yeah. and then you can see Jordan was a bit he deflated from it. He got, he got it back, got it he back. came in and he cut inside yeah. uh, Mac Hansen. But then... To be honest, Dan Sheen was the best winger of the day. <laughs> he didn't actually, uh, to get Mac Hansen like that, like he's no slouch, and to go in out, like it's just you'd be proud of that as an yeah. international winger. Like so, yeah. um, he was a winger of the day for me anyway, Dan yeah. Sheen. Let's yeah. now back to the back to the top of the URC, but uh, obviously we're gonna have a break in the URC for the next two weeks heading into Champions Cup. So um, Leinster are gonna face Bath. So I mean, Bath are not having a good season at the moment. The Premiership they've shipped 60, 70 points there. I think on three occasions they're rock bottom of the league. I wouldn't be too confident if I was a Bat fan going into that seeing a Leinster team putting yeah. 40 points past Connacht coming into the Champions Cup. I think all they want for Christmas is a win, like <laughs> singular, which is really like, it's not, yeah, it's not, I, it's not something I'd look forward to if I was in, in the Bat squad looking, looking forward to like, to facing that Leinster squad because they will not forget that loss last week either. Mm. Like Connacht, great, like taps on the back, but then it's on to the next one. Um, and, 
I can't imagine Cullen um, letting any kind of complacency or the players in at that stage, especially when it's Champions Cup as well. Like it's, it's, it's the competition that you want to win and you yeah. want to do well in. Yeah, that's obviously Leinster's ultimate goal. Like they haven't won it now since what? Was it 2019 was the last time they won it. Like that's something they want to. That's mm. something they want to get back. Yeah, is that yeah. Champions Cup title because as many Pro 14 and URT titles they get, nothing beats Europe. Yeah, well I can't see them getting beaten at the moment. Like they're all their players seem to be fit. Like they're all playing well. As you said, they're coming off the back of that loss. They're still a bit annoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't like to be that bad next week. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about Connacht um, a little bit more. Just what are their chances now? You know, after that loss yesterday, we've tried spoke about them before. You know, being really inconsistent with their wins and losses. Yeah. What do you think of um, their chances now in the URC, Jenny? Like, I think again, like I know I've kind of mentioned Andy Friend before, but I I, I highly rate him as a coach. He's got a bunch of really resilient players around him that have paid for other they like kind of want to show their their wares you got like the likes of Sam Arnold, Arnold Tom Daly um who are I think they're they're more than capable of doing some damage so like you kind of just kind of regroup learn from that like yeah it's a tough loss but then you look at like there's lions on that team there's potential lions in terms of like you know Andrew Parter, Porter um you should have been at the Lions tour. He was kind yeah, of, yeah, like just really unlucky things. So like, and then it's an away game as well. I know these are all like excuses and they won't be kind of like let into the squad. But I do think that Connacht are a team that you have to be, you have to be careful of. They're a dark horse and I think underestimate them at your peril. Like they're able to do a lot of damage and they play some really mm-hmm. lovely rugby too. I actually and, thought Connacht were really good at the weekend. As you said, yeah. they, they played Leinster in RDS after Leinster came off back of a loss like, you know, and to score 20 points. Yeah. 20 points? Just under 20 points against Leinster in RDS. Yeah. Incredible. And all their tries were, were very... Sam Arnold's try was class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Connor Oliver's try were off the set piece. Jack Carty. They had a lovely set piece move and Mac Hansen straight back into Connor Oliver. Yeah. Like, you know, they're really good tries. And um, it just came up against a strong Leinster team, just the way it is. I think there's one try we forgot to mention as well was the, the Leinster try that was finished by Max Deegan. I think that was probably the try of the day, kind of team wise. It was an incredible team effort. I think everyone touched the ball. I know Dan Sheehan's effort was the individual, you know, brilliant mm. try, but that was, an, that was an incredible try by Leinster. Now it's taken on by Tommy O'Brien, who gets away and Ring Rose is on his shoulder and Leinster are threatening again. And it's McCarthy, he has support, lovely offload, Deegan to finish, Leinster in again. Yeah, it was, it was a great uh, step off the left foot to go, to break through off the first line of defence and then they just finished it off, Nick McCarthy with the sunny bill out the yeah. back. Oh, yeah, 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 very good try. Leinster yeah. are just in, in flying form, so. Yeah, they were much better from last week. Like They just seemed a bit, had a bit more heart, a bit more ruthless in, in that contact area, which they didn't seem yeah. to have last week against Ulster. So they obviously got yeah. a good talking to um but one, one thing might one thing <laughs> might be that they didn't really bring that until the second half. Yeah. So it might be something that they're only still kind of picking themselves back yeah. up. So uh, we'll see we'll see what happens next week. But I can't see them losing against Bath. Yeah. How do you think Connacht will fare in the Champions Cup? Because they've got um, Staff Francais in their first game at home. I mean, that's going to be an interesting affair. The, the lads in their pink jerseys coming over to the sports ground. <laughs> in <laughs> December. In, so. in December. I don't think they're used to much of that. Like, but Staff Francais, like, they have a decent side. Like, they got the likes. They brought in Laumape there to start the year. Like, there's a guy who should be starting for the All Blacks, but isn't. But... Uh, what do you think? How do you think it'll go? Um, like, I think sports ground is, it's a difficult place to play. It's loud. There's some serious, passionate fans. Um, and, you know, Connacht have a really good streak at home. So um, I'd probably be leaning more towards Connacht getting that win. Yeah. And like, I can't imagine a lot of the that Parisian team 
particularly enjoying the nice <laughs> sideways rain, sideways yeah. rain in Galway yeah. at the sports ground. Not many teams can uh, adapt to that very quickly. Yeah, it's <laughs> a secret weapon, like playing out, being able to play in a sports ground. I played there a couple of times. You've obviously played there a couple of times as well. It's disgusting, like, <laughs> honestly. And in December as well. Oh my god! Uh, I'd say to Stafford and say, wet. lads, be like, I don't mind if I don't get picked next week. <laughs> yeah. but at least thermals. You're now, you're allowed to wear thermals yeah. now, yeah, so just, maybe yeah. like. I'm yeah. not sure how I think about thermals. What do you think of them? Like I'm all for them upper body, but like yeah, I don't know the legs. Some kind of like, unless I, like, I get like with the, the 3G pitches and the 4G pitches, maybe because you get like absolutely destroyed. Like, yeah, there's you like, you do get bad burns, but it's you bit terrible. Like, oh, you Greg, like, no, what I'm saying, <laughs> I'm used to the, the cold weather, the but like, weather. I just think Greg loves exposing the knees. Like, <laughs> I just yeah, think, the take the burns and like, you can't be wearing yeah. leggings. Like, there's a few of the Ospreys. Yeah, I already said yesterday it. that the guys in the Dragons game, which I'll touch on, they were wearing leggings. Yeah, and I was like, delighted to see them wearing leggings. Well, they didn't do too well, so they didn't. Yeah. What I'd love to know is it except, obviously like like Greg might disagree, but I think it is acceptable to wear it in 4G pitches because you're getting torn. 100%. But if you're playing on a regular pitch and it's just cold, is it acceptable to wear like? I, just, <laughs> I think it's just the because old, you're, you're allowed uh, now. It's the old rugby head in me. I'm coming from my dad, and my granddad, and my uncle. Shout, shout out to dad. Shout out to dad. <laughs> Talk about my dad again. But like, I think it just—it's like having the socks up kind yeah. of thing. You're like, it just looks wrong to me. But I'll, I'll, maybe I'll warm to it eventually. You gave me loads of stuff to wear white boots. I continue to give you stick. Always. Anyway, let's move on. There's move some more on. games you need to go through. So we don't have Darren here last week, who obviously is a big Ulster fan, and they lost now this weekend. Yeah, unlucky, Darren. I know. 19 <laughs> uh, 13. Um, yeah, Ospreys. And I have said Ospreys have been playing brilliantly throughout this, this campaign. So, yeah, a huge, huge win for them. Disappointing for Ulster. They didn't seem to get on the front foot. They yeah. didn't take their chances when they need, when they should have. Yeah, they just be. really struggled to get the, the score. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a boring enough one. game, to be fair, like mm. compared yeah. to the Leinster Connacht game. It was just kicking and there was yeah. a lot of penalties. There was a yellow card for Luke Morgan early on. Um, mm. And he actually came back in and made up for that towards the end with a good uh, carry. And then he eventually scored off Morgan Morris, I think his name mm. is, the number eight. Yeah. 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 Did you watch the game? Yeah, I watched a good bit of it. It was... Yeah, again, it was kind of like mixed bag. Um, especially in the first half, I thought Ulster, they had plenty of possession, plenty of territory, and maybe like hindsight's a beautiful thing, but there was a lot of kickable penalties that they turned down that could have really swung it. Yeah. Um, not the best kicking out of hand from Burns either. Um, so, yeah, a bit disappointing. And then obviously set piece towards the end of the game when there was injuries coming on and off and yeah. people having to play out of position definitely made it a bit more difficult too but like again you're kind of like that I know we kind of harp on a lot about like the consistency and stuff but like coming from a really strong win against Leinster yeah. you kind of want to do the simple things like go out do the simple things right be mm. smart and then kind of build yourself into the game and it never it never really seems to happen and um, so yeah it's kind of disappointing the highs of that and then coming down mm. to get a loss in Swansea against like a really strong Toby Boot side. Like I thought mm. Marler was really good, controlled the game really well. So yeah, he ended up getting yeah. 14 Even points. Wider, he scored yeah. 14 points from the tee. So he got, got them ahead for a really hard fought win. Mm. But the, the Ulster squad, they actually dominated the, most of the game, but their stats were huge. 529 metres gained, 60% of the possession, 63% territory. Um, and Ospreys were forced to make 246 tackles That's which is huge stuff. yeah so on paper you thought Ulster would have won so it kind of goes down to your point Jenny that they just didn't take their opportunities but maybe they're not too far off keeping that performance level it's just like the last couple of plays because that's they're unbelievable huge, stats like to have 60% to make them made 250 tackles so yeah. they're, not too, they're not too far off but um, Jack McGrath was back playing 
Yeah, so shout out to Jack McGregor getting back on the pitch. Yeah. Good to see him back. Like he's had a horrific. A long way out. Yeah, he's been like in and out for a while now. Like I mean, he's oh, he hasn't been right since that twenty-seven line story. He's kind of yeah. been in and out. He's been he's struggled big he's time. He's back, was it? He's had a, he's had a yeah. few injuries. He was back as well. He's had a few different injuries. Like, but it's good to see him back on the pitch because that guy when he's motoring at the top of his game, yeah. as we saw, is one of the best loose sides in the world. He, he was the number one in Ireland until he started picking up all those knocks, and he's just yep. obviously out of favour now. But who knows? He might make his way back in now. Yep. He's, yep. he's fit even though it's one of the most competitive front rows in the world at the moment. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, but speaking about front rows, Ulster had a bit of an issue, didn't they, with Eric O'Sullivan um, in the match? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, Eric O'Sullivan had to eventually go in at, um, at Hooker for, for, for Leinster because they lost Eric Roberts, Roberts and they lost for Ulster and they lost Tom Stewart to, to injury. So uh, his, his first scrum, unfortunately, didn't go too well from a 69 minutes on the clock. You know, they're only six points point at this stage, good position and... Yeah. But he's, you know, he's a prop by trade, like so. He was emergency hooker here, so yeah, give of him course, a bit of benefit of the doubt as well. So yeah, I mean, straight away there, it's it's unfortunate, uh, especially like you're getting to that stage of the game where there's only ten minutes left. Set piece is huge. Ulster mm-hmm. within a try, you know, and then they end up getting a line out then a couple of minutes later into that close. I think they're inside the twenty-two, and uh, that doesn't go too well for me. Yeah, he tried. It's not. It's actually a decent throw, Eric Sullivan. In fairness to him, yeah, um, you can see there he's number one, like he's a prop. So it was called for crooked, like. But I mean, do you think there's a bit of a uh, subconscious out of the ref there being like, "This is a prop thrown in"? Like that, I've seen such yeah. worse throws. I think that that's worse. Like I think that's, I think that's pretty solid. Like again, a different angle. But yeah. like coming on, like you've played how many minutes, having to jump in in a different position. Like yeah. I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, like prop and hookers, it's a completely different position." Yeah. Even like. Setting up and I know nothing about the dark arts of the scrum. I just look and I'm like, that looks aggressive. And <laughs> every once in a while I'll be like, ref, they're boring. But like, I'm, I'm yeah. telling so you. you playing in number eight there, didn't you? Oh, I've been hanging out the back. But oh, we I don't do much. Like, it's all the Number eight, five. it just touches yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 carries here and there. Yeah, yeah. 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 not even attached. No, that was a decent throw. I've definitely seen worse than that. And I'll tell you what didn't help is that Ospreys didn't go up and compete, so it looked even more so like it was just one-sided yeah. Ulster. Poor old Erica Sullivan. But I actually would start putting the blame a little bit on the coaching staff and that, like, they should have gone to uncontested scrums. Like, do you know what I mean? I think, did, did they have to put Erica Sullivan in the front row? I don't think they had to put him in hooking, the, did he, he could have put him in front row, but he, I think he would have been able to say that he didn't have experience hooking and yeah. so it would have gone uncontested. So he still had 15 on the field. He can still be around the park yeah, but, and you retain your ball. But I think it's a lot, honestly, like, as in, like, McFarland, like, yeah. maybe backed him and maybe he backed himself as well. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a tough, it's a tough yeah. position. Just to being be honest, and then there's just, come on, be smart about it. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> just think, like, it obviously backfired from him. And I know I'm getting a bit opinionated now. It could now, be pride a bit as well. Like, you don't really want to go on contested yeah. scrums. Like, like, shot themselves in the foot. Like, mm. and this poor Eric Sullivan, that's tough for him. I threw a couple of balls in when I was playing yeah. sevens. And it's not easy like at all. So yeah. tough for him. And uh, also came away with a loss, unfortunately. Yeah. They had one yeah. more opportunity then as well with Nathan Doak, like putting that kind of questionable, contestable kick up in the air and in the Ospreys a, 22. Giving, well. after, giving it back to Ospreys. Like, so I think overall their game management was just a little off. And uh, that's kind of been Ulster's downfall a lot, a lot over the last couple of years. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen Ulster this year, like they've, they've gone out like and they've been unbelievable, but they've beaten Leinster. They've won some huge, they won the first four in a row or five in a row. Four, they've lost, yeah. yeah, and they've lost like two out of the last three now, and it's just, yeah. I don't know if that is that upper management or is that onto the players, or it's, it's what's going on with them kind of mentally, but... Yeah. But as, as we said, like, they dominated the stat sheet, so they're not a million miles off, maybe no. it's just the top it's two the inches to get the head head together, so yeah. I'd say they're not t- not too bad either, like, yeah. other players, like Stuart McCluskey had a great game, he was offloading for fun, Robert Balakun played well, yep. Timney played well, so... Yep. 
Um, I think they'll be all right. Just a uh, mental slip up from them. That's it. That's yeah. it. Look, we're going to take a, a break from the rugby now because we've got some lovely questions here. It's going to be your favourite part of the show. Oh, gosh. They're going to be fantastic, right? So um, I've got the first question here for you. So this uh, came in from uh, one of your teammates, basically asked us to ask you about this. So could you tell us about the sheep that you had to mine on the Babas tour and what happened? <laughs> oh, God. Where's it going? So, uh, so on a Bavos tour, everyone gets everyone gets a little sheep to mind, and if you're the youngest player, you get that's the sheep there. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah, yeah, it's real small. Like so, most people hug it to them, uh, like, and you have to keep it on you at all times. But if you're a newbie or you're young, you also have a different sheep, a much bigger sheep, a sheep that's easier to steal. And as you well need as to, the small as well one. as so the small two. ones, you've got two to mind. And if it's someone just a toy calls, sheep, so. it's a little toy sheep. Yeah. And if someone calls Babas and you can't produce it after five seconds, the sheep police write it down and you get fined at the <laughs> end of the tour. So you get absolutely done. Oh, <laughs> that's so funny. My sheep went missing day two. Oh my gosh! But um, which one? The big one or the small one? I only had a small one. I only had the small oh, one to mine. Yeah, but I used a sock and just confidently like put my hand up, and no one really looked for for a day and a half. But eventually, I got found out, and I got absolutely really? destroyed. Actually, you got a I'm sure you got a point for that. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I got several. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, trust you to lose it. <laughs> Are they drinking? No, because you're like, oh, yeah, they're or yeah, monetary fines. They're they're they're. they're they're drinking fines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but just to follow up before we move on to the next question, like, what was it like to play for Barbarians? Like, I mean, it's such a famous tour inside to finally have a women's game there now. 30 was the record attendance in Twickenham for a women's game, nearly 30,000. You absolutely smashed them. I mean, and like you scored some absolutely crazy tries. It was just, I say it was an incredible experience, was it? Oh, it's amazing. Like, I've been so lucky that this is the second time that I've got to do it and to do it in Twickenham Stadium was absolutely phenomenal like and the players that you normally play against and are normally trying to like you know batter the head off and then you find out like oh they're actually all right they're actually pretty sound <laughs> or whatever it's oh, it's it's so lovely like you you gel really quickly really intensely they pick like such deadly human beings as well and um and then you kind of get like exceptional coaching but coaching that's very like how do you want to play the game? And you, they, they want very much to play with like passion, flair, courage and spirit. They're like the barbarians kind of ethos. So it's, they want to win, but they want you to do it a certain way. So they, like we were allowed to kind of like make up any kind of moves, like so you could see some NFL stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just really good crack. Like it makes you fall in love with the game all over yeah. again. It's good because like they know they're dealing with internationals like they like you know what I mean like they can they can let it off a small bit and go okay look guys we know you're well able to play rugby so we'll have a bit of fun but at the same time we want to win yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, very <laughs> much so. like, yeah and what was it like playing in front of the thirty thousand people obviously the last two years has been weird not getting crowds at all so I say that was incredible it was mad like so our kickoff was meant to be at half five with the men's game ahead going going for us yeah um for a double header and there was COVID in the men's camp so we found out maybe 95 minutes before actually Jesus. we're going on uh, we're we're headlining so there was panic <laughs> in the hotel room we just finished breakfast they were like right you're gonna have to go have your pre-patch meal and the bus wasn't going to get there in time so a lot of the english girls were like uber get on uber right now you're joking yeah no so we had to get we had to get taxis to twickenham stadium so there was water there's water bottles we were jammed into taxis we had like this, everyone was on WhatsApp sharing the live location, seeing like oh, how close you were to the thing. It was so funny. And then our, our, our taxi driver, Kiri, was like, so are you going to the game? And we were like, yeah. <laughs> do you have good seats? Yeah. <laughs> 
Those guys. Oh, yeah. my yeah. God. That's a great it's, story. It was, it was different, yeah. How didn't that come out in the media or did it? <laughs> I think some of them did, yeah. There, yeah. Was, there was cameras there that caught. It was some of the girls' last games playing at that level. So uh, there was a few cameras. You that took it well, because I can only imagine if that happened in a uh, like top, like 15s men's, I'm presuming they'd all be giving out stink. Like, they'd be like, what about my pre-match meal? What about my kids? <laughs> what about my dad? He all sound like he just like took it in your stride yeah. and just did it, got, up, got on with it. That one, six yeah, points like, over. I think it's kind of like, you just have to kind of roll with it a little bit. Like, yeah. come on, stick them and you're playing with your mates and... It's a little bit of a different journey than you would normally expect, but like, you took a couple hours yeah, off your like pre-match prep. Yeah, it was grand. We just had a few more of the caffeine gels and That's maybe amazing. cut down on the coffee a little earlier. But still good crack. Like, yeah, yeah, no one complained. Cast. No, no, it's just kind of you just get on with it. That's like, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm a bit just taken aback by that. Yeah. I just know what a 15 lads would be giving out stink. <laughs> what do you mean? I have to go on early. Like, <laughs> oh, but the women they look so professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've yeah. got, you've you've got, got more time for shenanigans post-match as well. So like, you're out in the beer quicker. So happy days. Yeah, time to find your sheep. Yeah. Find it in. Oh, no, some fecker still had it. it. Yeah, some did. Yeah, they definitely, definitely. did. That's brilliant. Anyway, moving on. We can talk about this for ages. Yeah. Um, O'Hannigan55, that's his username. He wants to know, do you prefer playing in the back line or in the forwards? Because you played number eight for Leinster, didn't you, this season? Yeah. Um, oh, Janie, I actually don't know. Um, I was chucked in at eight for Leinster just to do, like, I just go where I'm told. Um, <laughs> and it was a little bit... A little bit clueless, if I'm honest, um, especially when it comes to line eight. Yeah. But um, what I really enjoyed it, you're kind of a little bit more involved in the game in some aspects. It can be a little bit more abrasive. But from playing at 12 yesterday and last week, it's it's lovely to have that little bit of extra space. I think, I know I'm kind of sitting on the fence a little bit, yeah. but there's definitely... There's definitely things I like about playing centre mm-hmm. and things I like about playing at eight. So I'm going to just kind of be like... I'll, I'll go where I'm told as long as it's not front <laughs> so row I'm, political I'm answer. I'm not I know, taking that I know, it's like, amazing that you can express yourself in like both like positions because they're just completely so yeah. different like you're just well, world class Jenny so coach rings you tonight and goes we're playing tomorrow yeah. you, can have, you can play 12 or 8 which one do you want so Graham Reynolds would like um, you to tell us about how fantastic a coach Adam Coyle is and if there is a little backstory there Adam Adam Coyle um, I coached with Adam with the, the NACE women's team and he's on the he's on the NACE men's team as well and great man absolute legend um, both on the pitch as a player on the sideline as a coach and in the bar on the set. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's he was actually on the under twenty squad a couple of years ago that beat the New Zealand and they got to the um to the final against England. So yeah, he's a he's a a mentor, a solid <laughs> mentor that is he doesn't care about the game or the results, all he cares about is scrums. That's his passion. <laughs> yeah. So um I'm gonna get slagged for that, but I'll, I'll put it right there, yeah. <laughs> That's very good. That's very good. Um Kelly would like to know what age were when you started playing rugby? I started playing rugby quite late. So it was Gaelic um Gaelic football and soccer would have been the big ones. Um did swimming but just kind of focused on not draining, wasn't I good of it? <laughs> Um, so I was, I think it was like 19 or 20 in, in uni. I just saw the college team train. They, I studied over in Twickenham. I thought it would be a good way to keep fit and would help my Gaelic, um, Gaelic football. And then I just, first training session, I was thumping into people and loved it. And I was like, oh, this is, 
something that I'd really like to give a proper crack at it. It kind of snowballed really, really quickly from there. Um, and then I think a year and a half later, I got trials for Ireland. So it worked out. Jenny, I remember playing against you in the UK. You were playing for Richmond at the time. I think it was only one of your first matches and I was playing fullback for the Saracens. And I just remember you hoofing the ball. Everyone's like, give it to Jenny. Then I kick it, hoofing the ball back down. I think you probably kicked me about four or five times. And I was like, oh my God, what is this girl doing? Like, you were unbelievable then, but like you knew you were, you were, you were new at the game. Oh yeah, um, we had a coach that had to stand behind me because I'd moved from the forwards to the backs. So I started in the yeah. second row, they were like, no she's clueless. So let's put her where she can't like balls it up too much. And that would have been maybe one of my first games. And the poor coach had to stand behind me go, OK, go left, left, go up, go up. Like, <laughs> no, I, remember, I remember it so well. Because I remember the, the big, I, I big, the big hair, the bottom hair. Yeah. I was like, this girl's amazing. Did you, catch the ball? Think huh? Did you catch the ball? She kicked you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's interesting. I ran away from her because she was like... <laughs> you see, a lot of the, uh, the women's internationals are coming from yeah. GA backgrounds. Like, I mean, obviously, it, it helps you a lot, like, because obviously it's through a can of boot came from anyway, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, like, and it's definitely a big... Gaelic hoof as well there's you could my coaches kind of honed it and improved it a little bit but yeah I think like I think we especially in the women's game it's definitely something that we don't use to our advantage as much as we should Mm. like you see the likes of Harlequins women's team are really exceptional with their kicking game Mm. and in Ireland maybe not so much and like early the there's some really strong players, both in the forwards and the back line that could do damage like a few a few Gary Owens um, in the game like it's it, it's so different and it's not utilized as much as mm. as the lads. So I'm kind of like all for like these are the skills that they've built since they mm. were like definitely yeah. really young. Like use it. Yeah, football yeah, is such yeah. a skillful game. Something should be very used. smart. Yeah, some yeah. of the best footballers are are unbelievable rugby players. Just natural skills mm-hmm. they have, which is incredible. Yeah. Next question is from um, Coleman. Is the name, and we'd like to know all about your bad injuries and how you dealt with them. Oh, bad injuries. I've had a few of them. Okay, how much time? <laughs> <laughs> Give us your uh, worst ones. My worst ones, I had a double back fracture and then the, the knee, I, I did like PCL, ACL, double meniscus all in one go. Oh no, yeah. no way. So fairly, so fairly did a bit of time. As we said, double back fracture there, the so blasé as, like, as if it's a, oh, just double back fracture. Yeah. I mean, that sounds absolutely horrific. I want to talk yeah. about both though. We talk about the back first. How yeah. did you, you manage that? Um, I actually don't, I don't, we don't really know. They think that like, so I went... I was in the gym, it was with Sevens, I was with the Sevens team and we were in the gym and then suddenly I just felt really intense pain after doing a, I think we were doing no planks with weights or something stupid and I was like shooting pain, finish the set. Of course you And then the like, because you're kind of like, you just think it's a muscle or something and you're like, I'm nearly done now, I can't stop, whatever. And then it was in DC, DCU, the, so the stairs to go back up to the offices and I really struggled to get up the stairs, like to lift my legs off the ground. Thought I'd pull something. So did the coaches. Did a fitness test the next day. Oh, my God. Yeah. And um, was like, obviously, it was brutal and just like really painful. Then struggled to like move my arms properly. How'd you go on the fitness test? <laughs> like probably better than I would imagine. <laughs> to be fair. Uh, and then I went for an x-ray and yeah, two facets gone. Oh and Or God. one was half gone, one was fully gone, just floating around. And that was 16 months. I remember months. when you were going oh, to it. Oh, grim. 16 months. 16 Jeez. months. Yeah, it's grim. Because we used to, do you know how it is when you're injured as well? It's, so, it's such an isolating time. You just go, you see everyone through passing because you go up to do your rehab and like it was this tough time for you, Jenny. Like, and you come out 
on the other end, like the best way possible as well. Like you just got play, player of the season with Leinster there the other night. Congratulations. Congratulations Thanks very much. And you've yeah. just continued to build and build from from those um, awful injuries that you had. You've been incredible. Some like, pain play. threshold. Like the fact, sorry, I'm just really like taken aback by the fact you finished your set and then a fitness test. And you two. <laughs> you say pain threshold, I say now it's stupid. Oh my <laughs> like, God. And then you yeah. like. 16 months are out for us that's a serious injury yeah it just it kept on I thought I'd get back sooner and I just kept on having setbacks and then I had to have like some little surgery and stuff and they said I wouldn't play again and which was devastating I remember like heartbroken uh, like yeah, yeah gutted and then okay like okay well I'm gonna I set myself small goals and it, do you know what like as crap as it was I and I wouldn't like to go through it again but I'm so glad i did because I was so grateful to to be able to then get a second chance to play so it was it was kind of like it made me it made it easier for me to make a lot of decisions I didn't enjoy sevens I left after that I rehabbed and was like not enjoying this 15s is something that I grew up watching it made it easier to kind of leave Um, and then also you, you get a lot of stuff from that as well you're like okay I am mentally strong I do have a bit of resi- I do have resilience I have grit so when the knee went it was kind of like okay I've done this before yeah like let's kind of take away and kind of go again like so mm. and like so every game I play whether it's club or like in Twickenham or whatever it's I'm I, I do Great now I do look this around is a bonus. Yeah. like I do like I do take a second even if it's during game and I probably shouldn't to like <laughs> to look around and be like this is cool and um, not many people get to do this and just be really appreciative of it. Most people would still be on that bench, like it would not have got, gotten up off it in the first place. No. Yeah, that would have been the end of it. Like I'm seriously know? impressed. No, yeah. Can I ask you about the knee injury? I know I'm kind of blabbing on about it, but it's just amazing. How did you get through the knee? How did it happen first? And then how did you get it? It was the first contact in a game versus uh, against railway, and two people kind of came and tackled my foot, stayed planted, and it oh, just it just it just went, went, it just went. And I I was like, okay. It's no, I got up and then I tried to squat in it, and you could hear just you could hear the pop. And then I was like, Oh, I think I'm okay. And then I tried to do it again, and I was like, Nope, nope. And so went off the pitch and um, sat in a tackle bag. One of the men's players from Old Belvo very soundly went and got me a gin and tonic. (laughs) So I sat sat in a a tackle bag, bawling my eyes out with the gin and tonic. And uh, yeah, then found out that night, went to the hospital and found out, because it was so swollen, you couldn't, I just got an x-ray first and I had to wait until, and then it was kind of like, okay, right. And that was, that was even longer. That was 18 months. Oh my God. Sitting down, yeah. But like so many elastic bands, so many physios. So like. All your ligaments are gone. And your meniscus. Yeah, double meniscus. And it's a really unusual tear. It was like a horseshoe tear and then a regular tear as well. So when the surgeon went in to patch it up, he was like, I was actually really excited. It was a horseshoe tear. So I was like, great, good for you. I'm really glad. Yeah. Silver lining. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very nice surgeon though. Thank you very much, Connor Henson. Oh, lovely stuff. Yeah. Well, that's an 18 months as well. Amazing. Fair yeah. play to you. It's incredible stuff. But like on a more positive note, yeah. we actually got a question in, you know, talking about, you know, playing in any jersey that you, you've played in, you give it all. What's the toughest match you've had in the Irish jersey? 15s in particular. Um, like, let me see. Do you know, one that was probably really frustrating was the third, fourth playoff versus France in the 2014 World Cup final, just because we we lost the game. Mm-hmm. Like it was, we made some poor decisions. 
um, like England spanked us in the semi-final, deservedly so, and went on to win a World Cup. And I wouldn't have any arguments for that game. But that getting that participation medal when you mm. really want the bronze sucked. Um, so that one probably would have been like a, a tough one at the time. Um, there's been a few, but like that one kind of sticks out a little bit. Yeah. But talking about the green jersey as well, I only said to the lads there last week, I'd love to see you back as many would in the in the Irish jersey and the way the women's team is at the moment and your past um, playing for sevens and fifteens. Is it something that you would like to maybe look ahead for, looking for selection for the Irish women's team? Oh, Janie, um, like, yes. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know. Like, I've loved my time in the green jersey, but um, I love my job. I kind of like having a social life a little bit now as well. Like that all, that's all null and void once you say that. And I, like, I think you have to be 100%. You have to do it 100% and you have to love it. And I feel, I don't know, like I'm, I'm never going to say never, but um, I think they've got a really good coach now. Greg is unbelievable. Thanks. Really lovely. <laughs> He's trained you actually before in the World Cup. Yeah, Greg's, wasn't Greg was my max coach in 2013, yeah. 2014. So he's a, he's a really good dude and I'm really excited to see him um, see him work with the girls. But uh, like, you know, the bang of osteoporosis off me now. I think like, <laughs> like let's leave it to the youth. Like, Oh my God. Uh, so I think we move on to the next question was speaking about how amazing your career was, 7s, 15s, Leinster, the whole lot. What is the highlight for you? Oh, it's your sappy answer. Like, it's really sappy, but it's the it's the amazing friends that I've met playing the games that I have. So, like, whether it's barbarians and you only know each other for six days and, like, even two years ago, that WhatsApp against Wales with a lot of Kiwis and Aussies is still lit and really? you've always got a place to kind of stay when you go over that side of the country. No way, you stay in contact. Yeah, all stay in contact. Um, and then some of the girls from that squad were over this weekend and you'd still meet up um, and then like you've got your best mates that you've had like amazing highs and like horrendous lows and it's that so like Safi answer but it's the the friends that I've made like without a doubt is probably highlight of my time playing rugby overall that's yeah. lovely yeah. I love that that's speaking lovely. of sticking up sticking up for your mates and your all night tight group You've really stuck out, stuck up for everyone in the Irish context. Women's against Anthony Eddy. Um, he obviously came out with his interview last month, and we spoke about that. You said your piece about it, Megan, as well. What do you think that has happened there overall? Can we get kind of a summary of how you feel and what he said? I just think it was pr- pretty poor. Um, just as a whole, like speaking about a team like that is unacceptable. Um, and if you're a player involved in that squad, I can imagine you'd probably be deeply hurt. You want, everyone wants an Irish team to do well, regardless of whatever gender they are. And if this was any other business, and if the director had such poor results and had consistently not hit any of the KPIs that he had set out, he would be fired. Um, I don't think he's the right man for the job. He hasn't been for a while and I don't know why he's still around. And like, I know that's particularly harsh, but no. I've got nothing to lose now anyway. <laughs> and there's plenty of other players that would say the same. Yeah. I think women's rugby in this country deserves better and he's not the man for the job. Do you think there might be a little bit of fear um, of Irish players to speak out about the, the issue happening because 100%. they might not get selected in the future? 100%. 
like and and you wouldn't like mm-hmm. there were, I remember being in camp and mm-hmm. being afraid to say things both in sevens and in fifteens because it it could possibly be used against you. Yeah, so there's that like weight off your shoulders when suddenly you realize actually I don't care or the consequences of saying something or not outweigh it. So like I obviously am quite passionate about it. Yeah. I would imagine you'd be the same as well. But uh yeah, there, there would is be, a fear to say there is, it's so much because they have the power. Well, You've you got know? so much power. Mm-hmm. Like the women's team women's players in this country, they don't play for any financial incentive. You probably lose money playing for your country. Mm-hmm. And that's like fine. That's like not particularly good enough, but like you go into that with your eyes open, understanding that. But you do expect to be given to be given support in order for you to do well and achieve as best as you can. And I would really question had the was the team given enough support in the lead up to World Cup qualifiers. Yeah. And like they were underperforming and they the girls have put up their hands and been like, Yeah, we haven't played well, but I haven't been helped by the union either. Yeah. I think the breath of fresh air, like for us sucking in, like for the last number of years, we've it's been blatantly obvious there's been issues that not related to the players' performance. There's been issues behind the scenes. It's blatantly obvious. But uh, we're so used to listening to the usual, like can excuse my French PR bullshit that comes out from the IRFU a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And we know there's a lot more going on. And for you to say that, like it's refreshing because hopefully I mean yeah. it's it's out there, it's in the open now. And it sounds like these players are almost almost being bullied. That's, they can't come out and say anything because if they do, you're dropped. Yeah. That's not well, how I, you I can empathise it as well because I've been in the seven setup for the last couple of years and I've just retired so I could be a bit more open and honest about it all now. Mm-hmm. I was also on the RPI board, on the executive board for the last couple of years and we've been fighting so hard for the sevens team. That's included the women. So the women's sevens and men's sevens get the exact same. It's all equal across the board. It's the way it should be. But we're paid below minimum wage to yeah. be... On, and we've gotten to World Series. gotten to World Series, a World Cup and an Olympics off full-time training, getting paid below minimum wage. Imagine, mm. You're not going to stick in a job that pays you below minimum wage. So we've been fighting so hard to get more money. Just pay us a livable wage to live in Dublin yeah. to play the game. So it's the same. It's just like, it's just not fair. Like you're not, mm. um, so I can really empathise with you how frustrating it is. And then we've tried so many times to get people to come together and yeah. maybe strike and, you know, but it's, people fall to the side because they get worried about getting not getting yeah. picked. Do you know, it's the same kind of yeah. kind of thing. Like, so look, it, Irish rugby is unbelievable. There's just, it, not everyone knows the true story and I'm delighted that you spoke up and I've tried to speak up a couple of times Um, the 15s is going really well but I just think a little bit more support is needed for the women's in the 7s I don't know if you agree Megan yeah no I would agree with you Greg that's you know you just retired as well and one of the incentives one of the reasons why I had to leave as well was financially I couldn't support where I was living and being in Dublin you know yourself I had to go and work full time you had to give it up you were training full time and play but you know you're living in really small student kind of accommodation Or you have to go work and, and pay for your rent. Yeah. Like, That's the same thing. Say. I didn't want to retire. Yeah. I'm no, 26. I, I wanted to play until I couldn't walk anymore. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I can't stay in a job that it's not mm-hmm. making me money. Like, yeah. And same with a couple other lads that retired. Now it's unreal. We got out because we played in the Olympics, which is a lovely way yeah. to finish. But Amazing. do you know yeah. what I mean? But what incentive is there for, for, for young men and women coming up? Like if young men and women want best sevens or women that want to play for the national team where that there's no support there for you. Um, you're going to play for Ireland. You're going to have a, mm-hmm. you're gonna, it's going to be amazing. You're going to come out in the Viva Stadium and whatnot. But uh, you'll have no money. You won't pay rent. You won't be able to do this. Uh, you'll get no support. And if you say anything about it, you're a drafting team. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, so People it. looking in, you know, might see, see like the media side of things to the women's game is absolutely amazing. Like you can't 
fault that at all. Yeah. But there needs to be a lot more to be done. And Jenny, you're 100% right. Yeah, but let's move on yeah, to... Yeah. Well, being, we can talk about this. Cheer things up a little bit. One more point. Point. Right. The devil's advocate argument back to what we're all saying okay. is that yeah. look at it in a business sense. Yes. It's that we're the sevens, men, women, and the fifteens women aren't bringing in enough revenue to yeah. match being paid. That's what the, our counter argument would be. Okay. But then the counter argument to that is start funding us. We can perform better, and we will bring in more Correct. revenue. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's 100%. just you feel it like it's yeah. cyclical. Yeah. Like if you kind of give it more support, the rugby will be stronger, and that in turn can. And there's also really marketable players there as well. Like so, I think you just have to be quite savvy about it. Like yeah. you look at like the women's NBA. And what they're doing, they've invested it properly. They've been smart. It's not a copy and paste job. Yeah. And the same should be for the women's game here. There's like players that are outstanding role models yeah. and we're like, shove them in front of a camera, let them talk, let them play rugby, yeah. support them that little bit more. And like eventually the money and stuff will come in. I think yeah. it's just same with when the men's first went professional. Like you look back at some of those games now and like, they were stink. <laughs> they were, yeah. The early 2000s, it was like, let's avoid the wooden spoon, essentially. Like, to stay in the men's team back then, and but they gave them the resources so that over time, they could do it, as you said. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah, insane. Yeah. And the, so the follow-up question, I think, because obviously you, you might have burned bridges with your Anthony Eddie relationship. Oh, I 100% now. Yeah. I'm kind of like, <laughs> I don't know, I'm Christmas card. <laughs> like, you might be on the Christmas, Christmas list. card list. But having said that, do you still have a want to play for Ireland and you think that might have impacted you playing for Ireland again? Or are you kind of happy that that's just... So your life's done now. I genuinely yeah. don't know, but I like to be honest. I would be extremely surprised if I Got like. I, I don't yeah. think that there's. I think. I think that I'm saying that like in the IRFU, there are some outstanding people that work in in that union that are really passionate, really intelligent, and really drive the game forward in terms of the women's and the men's sevens pathways, everything, and they're great. It's just like same with anything else. Once you get like a a bad egg or two in there, it kind of really taints the whole carton. I don't know why I went with that analogy. But <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. It works, point. works. Yeah. It works, it does work. Yeah, yeah. so um, I think it's, like, I don't know. Mm. I, I don't know, and I'm not going to be stressing about it either. I'm enjoying my rugby. I'm playing with a smile on my face. Yeah. And but you're yeah. well. You're definitely well able to play again. You're good enough to play again. So hopefully we'll see what happens in the future. Yeah. yeah. Um, finally, so we've one more question from uh, Laugh 2008. It's a tough enough question actually. Wants to know what was the best team camaraderie moment you've had. So kind of a moment where something happened before, during, after a game where you kind of oh, we had each other's backs there. Um, I think in the. There's been a few. It's actually really nice to have to be like, oh, I have to kind of narrow yeah. it down a little bit. One would be in in 2014, we're going to the World Cup. We were in the group of death is what they were. So it was the USA, uh, uh, New Zealand and Kazakhstan. New Zealand hadn't been beaten in 16 years at that stage. And we were kind of written off. We were third. We were expected to come third in that group. Beat a really physical uh, USA team and... Then it was kind of like, oh, they did, the girls did great, but that's the end of the journey. They're facing the black ferns. And we're in a really good bubble. I'm saying that now in COVID times is a bit weird, but it was a positive one of like, uh, like everyone was kind of like really confident going into that game and like had a, knew exactly what their job was, knew exactly what their role was. And it was, there was no like, it wasn't cockiness. It was just a lot of assurance. We'd worked so hard in the lead up to that. Mm. I mean, like an amazing S&C coach, Marion Earls, um, Goose, Greg, um, Brack, they were all involved. And it was just the whole thing was so tight knit. 
So going into that, I think we were down at some point and we were just, we were comfortable defending and we were comfortable when like they were kind of the floodgates were kind of going, there's this black wall constantly at us. Yeah, and it was to get the win afterwards, it was so lovely and everyone else was so shocked and we were kind of like, yeah, job done, next one. Yeah. And it's only when you look back at it now, you're like, oh, that was... That was cool. Amazing. That was good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Amazing, that's a great oh, story. Well, look, you've been a great story. sport anyway. I mean, I don't know, they weren't too hard, were they? They weren't too hard. They weren't too hard. But uh, we go back to the ORC action. Um, I can't believe it. it's been what how many weeks now? So we've had the full Autumn Nation series this week and last week, and we're once again we've no monster match to talk about because they no match again the weekend. So I'm gonna like I'm gonna have to quit the show, guys, unless there's a monster match soon. I'm I don't know I don't know what else to talk about. But four months or something, we're still in South Africa. Yeah, it's in like we obviously we chatted about last week. It's been an evolving story, but thankfully they got. Get most of their team home, home and most mm. of their, their their staff home. There's I don't know how many's left, but it was a 36 that got back, including staff. I think there's about 14 lads still in South Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so, they, the rest of them got home, but they had to go into 10-day which is obviously they have mm. to like it's a game from South Africa. But that is completely messing up not only their professional rugby but their lives. And like yeah. Christmas, people like. have families. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Life. Get presents and all that stuff. I can only imagine how stressed yeah. they are down in South Africa. Yeah, forget about the rugby. Like yeah. get these guys home for Christmas. Do you mm. know what I mean? Shout get them home so they can do their their last minute shopping. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the wives how stressed they are. Oh, oh my God. Like, like, a lot of those like the players would have young kids and stuff at home mm. then as well. And it could be some of them it could be their first Christmas or second Christmas mm. home and everything that's going on with COVID and everything. Mm. I mean, I think everyone was expecting a bit of a normal Christmas this year. It's far from normal for those that 13 or 14 lads that are is, over there. Is it going to really affect the next games for Munster? Because a lot of the academy players, they were saying, might have to play in this game and there could be a bit of a safety issue. No one knows. Well, the, the EPCR changed uh, the registration rules during the week. So they like you're allowed to bring in as many players as you want mm. up until a certain date just before the first match. So there's going to be some guys that have to be brought in. They have their internationals there, but they've got wasps away from home or humming away G-10. in the premiership and... It's not, not ideal preparations. They haven't played a match in, as we said, four or five weeks, six weeks, whatever it is. Yeah, something like that, yeah. There was even talk to say that they might even ask, no, it's probably just hearsay, but they were going to maybe ask some other players from different provinces to come in and play during those big positions. Could, yeah, I don't really? know if they could. Yeah, yeah, register players in, yeah. on a podcast. Wow. But, yeah. They could, let's see what their registration is up. They no could one get really knows in. what's going on, yeah. Yeah, really look. Like moving we, them from different professional teams around the provinces. No that's, way. That's just some. I think it was one of the podcasts. Ah, no, the one so, knows that. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I, I'm that, not getting my facts fake right. News. <laughs> fake news. Only house rugby podcast. Joe. Okay. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the other games. Edinburgh versus Benetton. So um, Edinburgh picked up the win there, 24-10. Uh, Benetton, obviously, they've had an up, up and down season, but Edinburgh are pulling out some from good results. Edinburgh are playing well. Um, we haven't, really second, sp- we haven't second. spoke about them at all. I don't remember actually discussing Edinburgh much, but now they're up to second yeah, in the standings. They're getting they've they won the last three or four. Like they kind of they're, they're, they're flying under the radar, kind of humming away nicely, mm. picking up wins when they're not expected to pick yeah, them up. They're doing and, really well. Darcy Graham on the wing can't stop scoring. He's got mm. he's, he got the opening try. They had a lovely three v two off a of mall going down the right yep. side. Poor defence out of Benetton, but still a great try. And then Boffelli, uh, Argentinian guy we've spoken about yep. a couple of times in this team. Yep. His first match for Edinburgh. He came on, scored after a lovely Edinburgh team move. They were just too strong for, for Treviso. Uh, did you watch the game? Did you get to see it? Yeah, I watched a bit of it. I really raced their scrum half, Ben Valakus, I think. Um, I'm yeah. probably butchering that name. but He's fast. Yeah, and dynamic. just like really, like a really high tempo nine um, that's constantly kind of swinging around mm-hmm. there. So like pulling in those tight defenders. Um, I know he was called into 
But he wasn't called into the Scottish camp actually for the autumn internationals. And I was kind of keeping an eye. I was surprised that he wasn't. But obviously we were chatting before, but there is a lot of competition in that uh, in that area anyway, or in Scotland, they're kind of tipping yeah, away. Yeah, sure, Ali too, Price so. playing there. He's playing unbelievable as well. He played yeah. really well the weekend. So, mm. yeah, it was great. I thought um, the number 10, Blair Kinghorn, was outstanding. He got player of the match for that game, but he set up the first two tries for the game and then scored the third himself. Mm. And he was all over the park. And yeah. he linked up really well with that winger, Darcy, like you said. And did, yeah. They were a great combo. The try he scored was a funny one. I don't know if you saw it, but yeah. Benetton tried to play out at their own 22. Oh. And the it's, poor number eight yeah, then yeah. tried to swing. Why did you just carry it in, <laughs> set it up and exit like, and just yeah. the 10 just dotted it down. Questionable grounding now if you, if you watch yeah. it back, but um, yeah. look, Edinburgh were just too strong for Benetton. Yeah, they get rounded off for the Stuart Wayne try for the fourth try to roll them all. But yeah. just on Kinghorn, it's just interesting to see him. Like He's an absolute class fullback and he started a game at 10 for Scotland during the Autumn Initial Series as well, didn't he? Yeah, I, think, I think he started, sorry, he started the very first game was outside the window. I can't remember who they played the, the week the week one, but it's another option there for Edinburgh. It's another option there for Scotland. But mm. I think Edinburgh, like I mean, they're up to second the table. Edinburgh could could potentially yeah. challenge this year. They could, and their the new stadium is really good. The venue they're playing in, yeah. they're really good support. You could hear it in the crowd every time Edinburgh scored. There was a massive cheer. I actually would like notably stopped. I was like, why are they cheering so much? Like, you know, they're just scoring yeah. against. I know it's really rude against Benetton. Like, yeah, yeah. They scored four tries, and so obviously just have their really own home good, now. Like, you know, kind of yeah, like, like, no. like they're not playing a Murrayfield like home fortress. Like, so um, Edinburgh one to watch definitely for sure. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. definitely 100%. Yeah. Next game we had was uh, the first debut for all South African match. There was yeah. DHL Stormers versus uh, the Lions, which yeah. was a, a great game. But I think, first of all, we need to acknowledge Gianni Duplessis. You've, you've heard the story there with him. Yeah, his poor 10-month-old son drowned yeah. only a month ago yeah, at, so on nice. Duplessis' birthday. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how he had the mental strength to even get up and play yeah. the game. Like He got an incredible reception when he came on. I mean, just to come back mm-hmm. so quickly... Well, I suppose, look, I mean, it's his profession. Maybe, maybe that was his decision just to get on. And just, I, I need to get back out. I need to do my job and get on with my life, I suppose, to a certain extent. But I don't know. Yeah, I think Jenny was saying it might, they might have a really tight-knit team and it's just kind of a safe space for him to be in. Like, But could you imagine the, what he's yeah. gone through? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I can only kind of empathise. Mm-hmm. But, like, obviously, I think it, it says a lot about the team that maybe that's his safe place or he wants to be around people and it might be really close-knit so I can only just I can't imagine what himself and her family are going through yeah, yeah. yeah. but it was it was a great win for the Lions so it's you know especially when they uh, trailed down 12-10 um, after half an hour and to still get the win after after that was a really good win for them yeah and uh, I understand our player was Berger uh, Odendale he three line breaks and 94 metres made in the game um, and another foot was Frank Horn, who scored two tries and made 24 yes. tackles in the game. That's, that's impressive, not 24 tackles. 24 <laughs> tackles in a season. <laughs> that's <laughs> incredible. So uh, shout out to those guys. It was a good good to see uh, the two strapping teams going up against each other. <laughs> good match. Yeah. Um, another match as well to talk about just quickly is um, the Glasgow Warriors, 31 vs the Dragons, 14. Um, I, ca- I didn't catch, I only caught the first half of that match. Um, but, you know, Glasgow Warriors, they've been kind of really really consistent with their wins haven't they you know they had a bit of an off put last week but um, big game against yeah. the Dragons I think Scottish Rugby is in a good place at the moment really yeah. like, I mean Edinburgh home in a long way Glasgow getting some good wins Scotland looked well in the autumn um, yeah I think it's, it's good the Dragons I do feel sorry for the Dragons the Dragons are playing some good rugby if you've watched much of them this year this year yeah, Jenny, they've been playing good rugby but they've been unlucky yeah, like I think, I think with the Welsh unions and stuff it's a bit unusual I'm not too sure how much I know that it's, it's it's the week 
guest yeah. of the sides there too. And like, I know they've had yeah. like the likes of someone experienced like Jamie Roberts in camp is obviously really valuable, but I'm sure you wouldn't mind me saying he's now maybe a little bit more vintage <laughs> than, um, than, than other centres. Um, but uh, he's pushing he, on. He's, he's <laughs> well, like, obviously still extremely physical presence, yeah. smart player, hugely skillful. Yeah, but they, I don't like they're they've been struggling for they've been performing in patches, but Sit. in terms of actually getting wins yeah. on paper, yeah. uh, that big win against Connacht really that was about it really, wasn't it? Yeah. They've won or win, but as I said, it's frustrating to watch. But looking at the game itself, uh, Sione, uh, I don't pronounce this now, to Palatu dashed over for the opening try and uh, Kyle Skane then yeah, it was his first try for Glasgow oh, as well excellent yeah. excellent. Uh, Kyle Skane then scored in the corner after a lovely crossfield kick for the second try copying mm-hmm. Jack Carty's and Mac Hansen's <laughs> it was literally like nearly a carbon copy of it yeah, uh, yeah it was a good great try and then we had Jack Dempsey as well who Crack. scored against against yeah. the heads picked the ball up at yeah. the top of scrum and just darted we, the whole way through he's nominated for a try yeah. we'll see him in our try of the mm-hmm. weekend later on but uh, surely there's Irish heritage in there you were thinking with the name Jack Dempsey yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely 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 definitely. because we don't have any back rows but no I mean a good win from overall um, we'll move on to the next game that's a second South African derby um, this is a big big game here um, the, obviously the Sharks beat the Bulls 30-16 but we had two huge Springboks coming back into this game with um Captain Sia Khaleesi and the man himself, Lucanio and McGuy, were we can't stop talking about a guy. You, mm-hmm. I think we were saying it off air. We say it off air every week, and anyone who comes on the show is like, "Why is this man not nominated for World Player of the Year?" It's 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 ridiculous. I can't believe he's not. He just does everything right. Every time he touches the ball, he plays well. What do you make of him as a centre? Oh, I I I rate him like such smart decisions defensively, in particular. Like now, I know I would be biased, but like. 13 defensively is it's, it's a hard position to play in and he consistently hardest, yeah. makes like similar to Ringrose who I think has been like on the up um, since like jaw jaw break um, yeah. that sounded like some like jaw break um, <laughs> Watergate-esque thing um, but like just a phenomenal talent and you can see why teams like South Africa as well will pivot and build a game plan around someone that talented and mm. um, obviously really physical Hugely skillful player too, but like I think one of his best is just so intelligent, mm. both in terms of like actually reading the game and bringing in other players. Like he like involves the wingers so well, and um, yeah, I think it's it's um, difficult to comprehend why he's not kind of up there for world player. Yeah, I can't, he's a very selfless player. I think every time yeah. he makes a break, he looks to give it away. Man, Peepee scored so many tries off yeah. World Cup like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even the other day against England, he gave him one. And But in that game, he's just defensively yeah. incredible. He shot up at one time and read the ball, got an intercept try, ran the length of the pitch. Yeah. Like he's just, I don't know how he did it. He does all the basics so well. And then he's also a human highlight reel as well. Like, I mean, you go back as far as the rugby championship when he had that around the back pass, you know, yeah. against New Zealand. Like some of the stuff he does is kind of like he can do, as you said, he can shoot and defence, he can tackle, he's just, he's passing is incredible, he gets everyone involved. But every now and then he can just do something outworldly. Mm. He seems <laughs> quite modest as well. I obviously don't know him, but he doesn't seem to celebrate and doesn't seem to shout or cause any hassle. Like, mm. And I think he's captained the, the side a couple of times as yep. well, so he's obviously a leader. So yep. I don't know who's picking the World Rugby nominations, yeah. but he should have been in there. Right, <laughs> it was a oh. bit derby now, but like the, I think the balls um, really gave it to the Sharks. Yep. It was really, really close at one point. Um, 
And Chamberlain, I think the Bulls um, gave away so many penalties. Yeah. They just let the Sharks get into the match. I think Chamberlain scored most of the yeah. um, the points from the boot. He had a great game as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chamberlain's a great player. Yeah, You can't was, be giving him any penalties. Like He'll just keep slotting them over. He was great aerially as well. Had a lot of balls played well, so yeah, it was a decent game. It wasn't yeah. the, wasn't the best. I think I need to give a shout out to uh, Bongi Bonambi. He was back. Uh, he's the the front row forward. He's uh, he looked class for the Sharks too. Yeah, and he played he played really well. Good to see him playing well. Um, but I think we're moving on to nominations for try of the weekend now. Yeah, yeah, let's roll it. Let's bring it on, guys. <gasps> so the first one was this incredible try: Jack Carty kicking it to Mac Hansen, who can stop scoring. I know I say it all the time. But I'm going to be a rugby nerd here again. You know, I love the technique. The jump he does here to catch the ball is perfect. Ball is out. No penalty advantage. Cross fields with the advantage. Hansen! Oh! What a beauty! Off his left foot, right knee up into Larmer. Like, Jordan's never getting near that ball. And puts it down beautifully. That's yeah. an incredible try. I just... It's hard to defend that, though, with Jordan Larmer. He's, like, tracing backwards, you know? Yeah, he's never going to get there. No. Um, bit of air yeah. so up next here this is uh, Dan Sheehan's try I mean this is absolutely what kind of hooker is able to step like that I mean and now it's Sheehan and on Leinster go and on Sheehan goes and they've worked the space and Sheehan's worked a bit of magic and Leinster are in for their third try terrific from the hooker what a couple of weeks it's been for him the speed he shows like now it's like I'd say something if it was just a quick set, but he actually shows How is him. He, a hook he steps out right, <laughs> steps back in. He kind of gives it like it's kind of a goose leg, and like I mean, there's wingers out there that can't do that. There's you know, look at that. It's absolutely outrageous. I mean, the battle that himself and Keller are going to have for the next few years with Leinster and and Ireland. Like I mean, that is look and, and who he did it to. It's Mac Hansen as well. Yeah, Twinkle toes himself. It's not as if he did that against a forward. Like he probably wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Um, so we mentioned him earlier, Jack Jack Dempsey. This is a great try um, from the back of the... They won that scrum there and he just trails through 35 metres to score, beating three defenders there. Yeah, that was against the head as well, so shout out to the front row of Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shot comes from the Warriors, the ball is there. And going right through the middle, it's Jack Dempsey, he's going to get all the way! What a big moment that could be from the big Australian... I mean, he must be Irish. I know, I know he's Australian, but a name like that, like he has to be Irish, guys. Yeah. <laughs> he has to have ancestors or something. Maybe we, maybe we can poach him and bring him back. I don't, it's not like we need any more backgrounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as Jenny was saying. Um, so three unbelievable tries. Yeah. Um, I actually don't know which one I'd pick. What do you think, Jenny? Uh, which um, one are you not picking first? I'm okay, I'm not going to pick, even though all the front row are going to be giving it stink, I'm not going to pick the Jack Dempsey one. It was extremely impressive, yeah. really powerful run. Thought the nine should have probably done a bit better. Yeah. Um, but it's between Jack Carty's crossfield kick or hot step and hooker. Uh, whichever, whichever one you want, yeah. Yeah, no, you have to pick one. <laughs> We're going to walk your offense game, Dan Sheehan or Mac Hansen. I'm, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Dan Sheehan. Okay, oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to go with Dan Sheehan as well, just yeah. because of the context. It's a hooker against a winger and it was incredible. So yeah, yeah I would be the same. I thought it was super impressive. Like, you just don't see hookers do that. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. I'm exactly, it's the first time we managed to get four of us actually agreeing on the same try. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Dan, good day to you. Good stuff, Dan. Yeah, guys. I just slated Jack Dempsey's try for no reason at all. It was a really good try. Yeah. Great stuff, great stuff. Well, uh, look, moving on anyway to my favourite award, the jukebox of the week. So we've got three contenders this week. Up first is uh, Alex Cuppert, absolutely smashing poor John Cooney. It is tempting, isn't it? You know, he's he's just bumped, gone over the top of, uh, I think it's Billy Burns, or it might have been John Cooney, that one. 
There's no one in front of him. Yeah, so tempting yeah, just to keep going. Cupboard still has a bit of meat on him these days. Uh, big Welsh winger. I mean, he comes on to this and... Oh, oh, I can't believe Cupboard's still playing. That's, he's, he's the a second big boy. one here is Josh Van de Flair and Connor Oliver colliding and causing a crack in the earth with this huge hit. Kelleher, Ruddock and Van der Flair at the back of the mall and he breaks away from the first tackle. Runs into Oliver who bounced off him. Yeah, he bumps him off there pretty well, doesn't he? Like how many metres after contact this season does Josh van der Fleer have? I, I, I think we've kind of accepted the fact he that was, he's not human. No. <laughs> and this one is kind of a double. It's Am and uh, Kosi. Uh, unbelievable hit. Tail ball for Elric Lowe. Well, they staying out in front of Cornell Hendricks who got him, as did the man that he passed to. But the Bulls still have possession. The acceleration into that. And he actually, I think, might have done his shoulder here. It's not confirmed, but look at that. Technically perfect. Technically perfect, Such but a shame it's, it's that he hurt himself there. Yeah, well, wait, wait, is it because he hits his hip or something? His shoulder closes his hip leg, so he's just hitting a pretty mean? hard bone as you he's can going see in. He just slingshots himself into him. That just completely exposing your shoulder, like you've probably done it a couple of times now. Um, he could have easily uh, popped out his shoulder. Hopefully, he didn't because he's an incredible player. Yeah. I've yeah. done that. I tackled someone. I've dislocated my collarbone, and it's oh. not nice. Yeah, no, it's, it's not, not nice, nice at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who's the winner? Uh, Jenny, come Jenny. on. We, we need to hold off you again. So. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go. I think, like, purely just for a defensive read as well, it's going to be shoulder injury. So that Sharks kind of double hit. Yeah. Um, that would be, that'd be okay. my choice. What do you think, Um Not Alex Corporal, anyway. I just, it just wasn't for me. So it's going to be, I think, we'll go uh, with the South African uh, double hit. Yeah, it was more okay. impressive, yeah. Oh, I was going to say that as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was textbook. Really well, good. I was actually going to go give it to Van der Fleer because the whole point he of He always wins I, everything. We're coming up with this award first. It's for me, like it was like jukebox was a big massive fend or a big bop. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's that's just, it just signifies it's it's what jukebox is. But you defeated you it's your award, man. Just, no, no, yeah. no. I mean, look, you're taking it away from me. You can give it to Nicosi. <laughs> that's fine. But okay, so I'm going to give it to you, Josh. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Um, there's some... <laughs> More news um, in the rugby world at the moment, specifically as well, we're talking about the women's game. Some huge news for them coming up in the Six Nations starting in March. Three home matches um, in Belfast, Dublin and Cork. What are your thoughts on um, on the home games, Jenny? Do you think it's going to be um, benefit us you know, to get those wins that we need? Yeah, like home games, especially spreading it around. Musgrave yeah. Park, um, playing up in Belfast as well. It's great. You get like, you know, fans all the time having to constantly go to Dublin and they do and they travel and the team really appreciate it but it's it's great to kind of spread around the game a little bit um, and kind of get it yeah. up in the other provinces as well so like yeah. I'm all for it yeah, yeah. I think it's great yeah, the great. big news there as well is the fact that they've got a big huge TV deal mm -hmm. in there as well it's going to be broadcast in, in England and Ireland across the three terrestrial networks is a Channel 4 right. BBC and RT and then they've also moved there permanently now to, to April and yeah, it's kind of March, April, March, is, it April, April yeah. or is it April going to do because so straight after the men's Six Nations. So it kind of gives us, I mean, for rugby fans, it's absolutely brilliant because we it's just have non stop Six Nations yeah. for four months. It's not yeah. going to overlap any games because, yeah. like last year, I think there was um, so, some of the women's matches weren't at the same time as the men's and we couldn't see them all. Like, so yeah, it's a shame. I mean, it's, but, it's stupid. Like, yeah. Even if, even if it's, that's the same thing as even if it was two men's games or two women's mm -hmm. games, put them on at the same time. Yeah. Let it give us an opportunity to watch everything. If you want to grow the women's game, if you want to grow sevens, everything, like, you can't just put it on at the same time as another huge game that's on because don't make people pick 
Give yeah, him a chance to watch yeah, you're both. you're dividing the eyeballs. Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's great for the game and it's yeah. great to see. You're dead right, Jason. Uh, more news from the world of rugby, whereas the RPI Rugby Players Ireland Awards were uh, only a couple of days ago on Friday. And Robbie Henshaw got Players Player of the Year, yep. which is incredible to get voted by your own teammates. I don't know what you, you make of that. Uh, getting voted by your own players is, is better, I think, isn't it? I think, I, think that's some, I think that's something special. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. kind of like, it's all the extra stuff that like your teammates kind of like yeah I, I, I like it's it's something different you get a vote of approval from the players that you play alongside yeah. it's definitely has yeah. a a different uh, tint to it exactly yeah. yeah we also Gavin Coombe got young player of the year yep. Yep. and Dorothy Wall got a best young player and best women's player it's impressive um, she, have you played with Dorothy <laughs> never played with Dorothy I've seen her really impressive um, mm. like I'm looking forward to seeing her grow into the game even more yeah. getting more experience so yeah like one to one to look out for well she's already got the two big awards so like, <laughs> yeah. so, like and she's only yeah, 19, 18, 19 isn't yeah. she yeah. yeah she's definitely one to watch for yeah, sure she's Jenny. a hard trainer as well I've seen her in the seven yeah. set up and she's always doing extras always in the gym doing stuff so I can see why she's gotten those awards she's a good um, confidence beast as well going into the Six Nations now too 100% yeah looking at the Champions Cup obviously we won't touch on that too much we've already spoken about Munster and their problems with Wasps but um, obviously we've got the, the, the bat game then as well with Leinster we've got Connacht playing Star Francais Ulster are playing Northampton uh, sorry excuse me that's the following week Ulster are playing Claremont away from home so I think that's not going to be an easy game for Ulster but uh, yeah it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting I'm looking forward to the Champions Cup coming back obviously not as good as the URC but you know. <laughs> there's a lot of rugby going on but it's also actually the sevens as well Greg you've been watching them in Dubai at the moment yeah so the boys are back in Dubai the first seven series tournament back in two years um, Dubai this weekend they actually played last weekend in Dubai as well but there was no crowd and this weekend they played again in Dubai but the crowd were allowed this time so they just funneled everyone into the same weekend the lads had really um, close matches they did I was talking to a few of them they're all absolutely yeah. wrecked we're playing in like 40 degree heat like you know for two weeks training there as well Irish <laughs> lads do you know what I mean? don't remember that yeah, so I, yeah, I was watching oh, it. So I was watching hard. the boys, and obviously you're watching the highlights. I was like, oh, do I miss it? I kind of do. And then I was talking to them, and they were a lot like wrecked. And yeah. I was like, that's why. When you're watching it, <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh my god, I wish I was there. Like, and then you remember, like in the moment, you're like, yeah. how painful it is in yeah. that heat. But um, exactly, oh, but they did. The boys did well. They got to the quarterfinal this weekend against Australia. They narrowly lost. 24-19 I could be wrong but it was something like that um, so they played well Terry Kennedy mm-hmm. and Jordan Conway were ripping it up as yep. per usual the two of them and they had such a funny interview as well which is really good at watch if you look it up on Instagram but also shout out to the women's sevens team they yep. beat GB which is yep. a big win yeah, yeah. They, didn't, they didn't have the best first day like um, they had three losses but again really close matches but then they um, three, two big wins um, against the GB and USA and, um, I think they lost Canada. to USA Canada, Canada, sorry. Canada yep. so um, they did really well in the second day and you know yourself coming out in the second day and getting the wins is incredibly difficult um, and they they really really stuck it to them yeah. they had super uh, matches and another shout out to Amy Lee Murphy Crow getting mm-hmm. her 100 tries yeah which is incredible, yeah. She is, what a player. Yeah, we played with Amy Lee yeah. ever since she was like 18. She just came into the squad, yeah, unbelievable. She's amazing. Yeah. Like just like an eye for, for tries the whole time. So pacey, such yeah. a hard worker. Um, Lovely girl as well. And just yeah. like, yeah, super science. Yeah. Do you know what I love seeing with the women's setup now is that they're bringing the sevens players in to play 15s. 
which is incredible. Like Stacey Flood, Flood has played 10 a couple of times. Like you have Lucy Mulhall has been in, hasn't she? Um, which I love seeing that, that they're getting the opportunities and using all the, the girls across both disciplines. Only wish they did it with the sevens lads now. I've <laughs> <laughs> yeah. had a few come in the last few years, Alexa, Hugo Keenan. Will they do? Like Will they go back through Leinster and Munster and stuff yeah, like that? I suppose, yeah, yeah, they're not coming straight in. But um, unfortunately, lads, that's all we've got time for. I know we could sit down and talk about uh, Anthony Eddie for another hour and a half, if you like. I was only going to say, Greg, I'm not sure Jenny agrees with uh, the 7th and 15th being mixed, but I'm not sure. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would probably not. No. So that's why we could see her so, face, and yeah. I was like, Yeah, so that's oh, for, yeah. That's yeah. for another yeah. week. We're talk about that. That. No, no, we're going to have to wrap up the show there. We're going to have to wrap it up. <laughs> I, did, I like it. <laughs> Do we want to talk so, about that? No, no, yeah. we'll wrap it up there. We'll wrap it up there. For another conversation. Great stuff, lads. Well, look, unfortunately, that's all we've got time for this week. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, Jenny. I hope you enjoyed being with us. Yeah, it was good crack. I'm hopefully, I'm probably not going to get in too much trouble for, for some of the things I was chatting no, about. No, that's all, yeah, great guest. No, of yeah. course not. We love the honest opinions. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very much. And thanks again, of course, to our partners, Bank of Ireland, proud sponsors of the four Irish provinces. We'll be back again at the end of December for more URC action. But until then, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, guys. Joe presents House of Rugby, United Rugby Championship, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. 